This is the Kitzer of Sikha Beis of Parshish Kisisa in Chelek Tezayim, page 394. This Sikha discusses the Rashi that speaks about the Shema Mishchas Kadesh, which was prepared to anoint all the Kalim of the Mishkan and the Kayanim. And there's a Rashi that brings an argument exactly how it was prepared. So the Rashi begins on the word Hin. What's the amount? Yud Beis Lugin, 12 Lug. Then Rashi says, There's an argument what they did here. They took the samim, the spices, and the roots that I mentioned earlier in the Pasik, and they boiled them in this oil. There's not enough oil here to smear these uh, ikrin with the oil. So how could you say that they boiled it? If you boiled it, you're not going to have any oil left. It's all going to get absorbed. Ella says, Rabbi Yudha, rather what they did is shorum b'mayim, First they took all the spices and they soaked it in water so it should absorb the water and it should not absorb any oil. Then they poured the oil on these spices. And the oil absorbed the smell, the aroma. And then then they skimmed the oil off of the spices and that's the oil that they used to anoint the mishkan and everything else. So we have an argument how this was done. So the question over here is why is Rashi saying, The fact that Rashi says, before he says the two opinions, that there's an argument here, because Rashi is trying to point out that both, both of these arguments, both of these opinions actually, are accepted equally in the Pasik. But, why does Rashi say the term, And Rashi quotes the names of the two Tanayim that argue, Rab and Rab Yehuda. Rashi doesn't usually quote names. And actually here Rashi quotes their names from the Yerushalmi and not the way it's quoted in the Bavli, where there it's Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Yehuda and their opinions there is reversed. And then the big question here on this Rashi is, if Rashi is bringing the Machlekes between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, and Rashi points out that Rabbi Meir's opinion is refuted, there's not enough oil to boil the spices in the soil. So why does Rashi quote his opinion at all? And not only does Rashi quote his opinion, but Rashi begins that both of these opinions are accepted equally in the Pshat of the Pasik. How could that be if I see clearly that there's a very strong question on Rav Meir's opinion that doesn't seemingly has no answer to it? The answer the Gemara gives is that this was a miraculous thing. Rashi doesn't hint to that at all, so we can't say that according to Rashi there was any miracle here. So what is the explanation according to Rashi in these two opinions that he's quoting here? The point here is as follows. If you look in the Pasik, it speaks about this oil and it says that you should mix it with the spices. Rabbi Meir's opinion is, what happened is they created a paste out of this spices together with the oil. They cooked it very, very well cooked together and then the spices dissolved in this oil and then it became this paste, a thick or a thick liquid, a paste. And that's what the title means you should, uh, that's what the Shema Mishchas Kedesh uh, consists of. Therefore, so there's no issue that you don't have enough oil and it's going to get absorbed. Yeah, it did get absorbed. And then the spices also dissolved and you may created this paste. Yehuda's opinion, on the other hand, is Pasakir says, meaning that it should be oil. If it's oil, it's not a paste. And therefore, he says, no, the way it was done is they just poured it over it and then they skimmed it off and it was just oil separately. And that's why Rashi is quoting over here the, the, both opinions, because both opinions are really accepted in the Pasik equally. Because if you look in the next Pasik, 
When it talks about how to prepare this oil, it calls it a merkachas, wasisa, oisa. You should take the oil and, and mix it with the ingredients and create a mixture. And then at the end of the Pasik it says, Shema Mishchas Kaidish However, the result is that it should be oil. So the question is, what do we focus on? Do we focus on the beginning? Right now, the Torah tells me I have to mix it. So I should do that fully. Let me mix it fully. Boil it. Make it into a paste. Or do I say, no, let me look at the final result. If you're going to mix it fully, and you're going to fulfill that part of the Pasuk fully, the end result of Shema Mishchas Kaidish is not going to be fulfilled fully. You don't have oil alone. So Rab Meir's opinion is, and here the Rebbe explains that there's a general machlekes between Rab Meir and Rab Yehuda. They have a general approach regarding different halachas and mitzvahs, where Rab Meir says, you look at the present, the hoive. Right now, I'm going to prepare the oil, the oil. The Torah tells me to mix it, so I have to mix it and fulfill this aspect of the mitzvah fully properly. Even though it's going to compromise on the fulfillment of the result of Shem Mishchas Kaidish year later. On the other hand, Rab Yehuda says, the main thing that you should focus on is the asid meaning the end result, the future. What's, what are you, what's the product you're going to have for the future here? You want to have Shem and Mishchas Kaidish. It should be oil, even though that compromises on the present that you're not mixing it fully. So, Rebbe points out that this Machlekes between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda is quoted through, through Rashi earlier in Parshish Mishpatim regarding the case of a Seicher, a person renting. And there as well, there's an argument regarding a renter is his level of Shmirah required to be like a Shayma Chinam, that's only ob- obligated for a, uh, to pay if there's a case of negligence, Pshia, or like a Shayma Socha, a higher level. And he's going to be high to pay even if there was a Gneva Vaveda, a theft or a loss. So what's the basis of their argument there? I mean, seemingly, the only reason why a Shayma Sachar is obligated in a higher level of uh, guarding is because he's being paid for that purpose. So the owner is demanding of him a higher level of safeguarding the object he's giving him. But by a seicher, this is a rental. And the renter is paying for his rental. So where is the seicher receiving any extra payment for this special level of guarding like a shayma sacha? So what's the meaning in Rab, in Rab Yehuda's opinion that compares him to a shayma sacha? Rab, Rab Meir's opinion seems to make more sense that he's not getting paid extra for the guarding and therefore he should be like a shayma chinam. However, we can see here that Machlekes is based on the same idea of whether you look at the Hoive or if you look at the Osid. If you look at the present right now, yes, then Rab is right. Right now, this is a rental. That's what it is. And the main focus of the owner when he's renting it is that he wants to earn money through this rental and he's satisfied with a regular level of safeguarding it. He's not thinking about the future and he's not going to demand of the renter an extra high level of safeguarding it. So therefore, Rav Meir says, we compare him to Hashem Echinam. However, Rav Yehuda says that no, we assume that the owner is thinking about the future. Yes, it's a rental, that's his main thing, but it's, after all, it's only a rental, and he wants it back. So he's thinking about the future, what might happen, like Neva, Baveda, and he does want the Seicher to do a better, a better level of safeguarding it, more than just Hashem Echinam. After all, Hashem Echinam, yeah, he's doing you a favor, so I can't ask of him too much. But you, you're not doing me a favor, you're using it, you're having a benefit of it, so therefore I expect of you to also think about the future and to really safeguard it properly. So therefore the question is, do you look at the present, what the main deal of the rental is right now, or do you look at what might develop later and we say that the owner is keeping that in mind as well because he wants to have it back in the future. Another third case where we see that there's an argument between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda regarding the same exact subject, is when the, the shear of eating necessary to be chayav and benching. 
Is it a kezayis? Rabbi Meir says the shir is a kezayis, and Rabbi Yudha says the shir is a kebeitza. So according to Teisvis, they're not arguing about the reading of the Pasik, even though in the Gemara it says they're arguing about v'achalta, v'savata, are you chayef to bench just for the achila, or are you chayef to bench only for the svia? But Teisvis says they're arguing, uh, they're arguing with the Rabbanon. When did Rabbanon require to bench? And here as well, their argument is, do I say the act of eating a kezayis is an act of eating? True, the result later of you being satisfied, if you stop right there, you're not going to be satisfied. But the act of achila is done even by Kezayis, and therefore you chive right there if you ate a Kezayis. On the other hand, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you have to look at the result, what happens afterwards. He walks away from eating a Kezayis, he doesn't feel satisfied, and therefore he's not obligated to bench. So again, we see the same line of thinking in their Machlekes. The other conclusion says that if this Machlekes is repeated three times by the Shem and Amishcha, and by the Seicher, and by the benching, the amount required for benching, there must be a reason. And the Rebbe points out that when it comes to a mitzvah, which is coming from the Yebishter, so here it could be that thinking about the, fu- the present versus the future is irrelevant. Because as far as the Yebishter is concerned, he wants the mitzvah, and by the Yebishter time is, is not, is not, does not exist at all. And therefore, when you're preparing your oil right now, you have to be thinking about the future as well. Even if usually you don't, but by a mitzvah, to do what the Yebishter wants, you have to be thinking now about the final result. So therefore, this case might be different. In the case of the in the case of the shmira, where the question is whether the owner is thinking about the present, and in the present it's just mainly a rental, or he's thinking about the future and he's concerned about a theft or a loss that might happen in the future, there the concern about the future is an uncertain thing. The theft or the loss may happen, so you can't at all compare it to the case of the oil and the benching, where the future versus the present are two certainties that we're discussing relative to each other. But it's not over here, though, it's an uncertain thing, so that case is also different. And when it comes to the case of benching, where the discussion is how much you have to eat in order to be high in benching, and the Rebbe said that's also connected to whether you look at the present or the future, so there also might be a reason to say that it's not, because there the, the, the argument may simply be how to define eating. Is eating defined by the act of eating, which is a kazais, or is eating defined by the satisfaction of eating? But not necessarily is it related to future or present. So therefore, the, the mother brings this argument in all three cases, and from this we see that, no, there is one line of thinking that runs through all three cases between Abmei and Abihuda, whether you go according to the Haive or you go according to the Asid.